0: 2 Chat is finally back. This is a podcast for health professionals who deliver grassroots diabetes care and education to people with diabetes across our beautiful health system. Hi, I'm Jane Lehman, registered nurse and credential diabetes educator.
1: Hi Jane. Hello. I'm Kirilli Chambers. I am a credential diabetes educator and advanced practicing pharmacist.
0: Yes you are my girl, Mm. as you were last year As I was last year, seems such a long time ago It does seem like a lot has happened since our last podcast Yes. Today we're launching 2020's topic, gossip Mm -hmm. and sheer stuff that we might make up (laughs) I hope we're not making too much (laughs) of that (laughs) up We have, I guess, had a good reason for not having got started for the year And sadly... We had our middle daughter, Sarah, die at the end of last year. Yes. Uh, I guess that is still thrown me for six,
1: understandably, so very sad.
0: Very, very loved girl, and left a big hole of in course our, in our family.: Of course it would. But I guess us coming back is also part of you and I putting one step in front of each other, because you've also had your challenges.
1: Yes, so I thought might want to try and make a collection of autoimmune disorders. Oh, some more, as you do. Did yeah. you lose some? No, no. I, well, I was really trying to, but I thought rather than just have lupus celiac disease, type 1 diabetes, that I might also get psoriatic arthritis.
0: Because, you know, why not? Oh, snap! Yes! Yeah. Oh, you just wanted to emulate me again. I know,
1: I know. Well, I thought, you know, if we are going to do the podcast that we might as well just still Absolutely. Form one. Well,
0: mm. I am sorry to hear that because mm. I also know that that is a very painful condition. Mm. And along with all your other stuff. So I'm sure over the year we're going to hear more about some of that. Mm. because of where things are around in both of our lives and just experiences we've had of late we would get the year kick started with a look at the acute versus primary care continuum of diabetes management.
1: There's certainly a bit of a disjoint, isn't there, between what happens in the primary care setting versus the the hospital care setting. I
0: think there's this very real changing role of acute care admissions which we thought we'd explore and also talk about some of the things that may help with it. Yeah, that's a good idea. The changing role of acute care admissions. Now I was prompted to talk to you about this because of some experiences I had with Sarah last year, but also those with a client of mine who's in hospital just recently. Yes. I guess I get to see a lot of this really magnified because of the number of people I see with intellectual disability. Yep. If someone's not going to do well in the acute care system, it's going to be someone with communication issues. I know from stories you've certainly told me, you find the same problems.
1: Oh, absolutely. It's very challenging when you've got a chronic health condition that you manage yourself. And the suggestion would be 99% of the time, people with diabetes. And then you go into a hospital care setting and there's all these policies and procedures. And we understand why that is, of course. But then that management of that condition is expected to be handed over and that's where I think some of the issues, the forefront is who then takes over that role of the management of diabetes. It's not necessarily going to be the healthcare professional because people with diabetes, particularly those with type 1, are not used to handing over their management of their diabetes at any point. Yeah. And if they're well enough still in a healthcare setting to be managing their diabetes, there, there lies the debate. Who then takes over? Does, does the person with diabetes still manage their yeah condition in a hospital setting Mm. you know that's not a yes or no answer and that has to be open for communication and open communication and often that just doesn't happen in a healthcare setting like a hospital. and
0: people with type 1 diabetes who are looping yes and are using pumps and CGMs that talk to each other have learned through artificial intelligence Yes. To react to that person's condition, the hospitals are in no way in a place to be able to support people with that except for the person doing it themselves.
1: Correct. You know, of course if the person goes in unconscious or is so unwell that they can't look after themselves, then that management comes off, of Mm. course, and they're put on IV. But there should be no reason why if someone is lucid and is able to care for themselves and is unable to manage that system that they shouldn't continue to manage it and manage it well.
0: Mm -hmm. So I would say the majority of nurses would not have any idea about what looping is if you said it to them.
1: And Most nurses have never set eyes on a pump or a CGM Mm. before. You know, I've heard and read on Facebook posts, people have had their CGMs ripped off them Mm. just because there's no understanding of what that is or um, what it does. Mm. And people that are self-funding CGMs, you know, that's a $100. That's an expensive lesson to be learnt or taught.
0: And it would be incredibly disempowering. It's almost assault. If you don't give approval... For something like that to be done. If you try and take that off someone physically, then that is assault.
1: That's absolutely correct.
0: And of course, Tiddles agrees with that. Tiddles is very
1: upset by the sounds of...
0: Tiddles the cat is very concerned about the rights of people with diabetes in hospital. Of course. Coming to a poster (laughs) near you. I think we've just come up with a fantastic idea for our very first public health strategy. Mm. Tiddles the cat meowing ferociously. (laughs) Get your hands off my CGM.
1: Well that does uh, have a whole um, a new verb on the, the meow meow <laughs> 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 it does
0: so for people who haven't understood that joke the meow meow is the device that Let's the, well, it's the artificial intelligence part of the equation with looping, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of the systems that can connect. We won't say which system, but it's not supposed to be a
1: CGM, but it will connect a certain device and turn it into a CGM. Oh, that's
0: right. Yes. With a great meow meow as it does it. No, it doesn't really. But uh, you can see that uh, the year's going to be interesting. <laughs> Depend on how much I've edited out as to how much of that stays. Alright, so acute care admissions. What I'm finding is that I'm getting people who are presenting to casualty. I had one man who presented, I think I added up about seven or eight times over February to one of the accident and emergency departments here in Adelaide. And it was because he was concerned that his glucose levels were up in the 20s in the evening. Mm, he must have
1: felt awful, the poor man.
0: Exactly. He hasn't been feeling well. He also has mental health issues. And not one unit got changed. On that man's insulin. Even mm. though they continued to send letters back to the GP, the GP had not been acting on things for quite some time with the advice that they were being given.
1: So is that does that come down to the inability of the communication, or is it that the GP didn't feel comfortable? Was there a
0: breakdown in Well, I suspect it's a number of things. But wouldn't you think if someone keeps representing mm. Would you not ring the doctor Mm. to find out what's going on or would you... I mean, now I will say this man has an intellectual disability But he can speak for himself He takes himself up there or he calls the ambulance Yes Now, I'm not saying it's an appropriate use of the emergency department We've been working very hard to also get this person a lot more support in new accommodation But all that takes a while to happen Of course There was that side of it You know, the presenting issue was very much seen as a primary care problem But there was no action taken Taken for the fact that there were so many times this man kept coming in about liaising with the GP.
1: Can I ask, you may not be able to answer this question, was there no endocrine registrar or endocrinology consult done at, at the emergency level?
0: No, because it was happening, Oh, I suppose, anything from sort of 9, 10 o'clock at night. Sometimes he'd then get discharged from casualty at 3am in a taxi. Right. But the fact that it's, and that was only this month, this has been going on for quite some time. Right. I found it really interesting. He would say to me when we were talking about it, they're just not listening to me. Yes, well clearly
1: not if if he continues to represent Mm. This may be my ignorance with how the emergency system occurs Does the emergency system not have the facility to call Whatever specialist is required at the time? Are there not endocrinologists Mm. on call? I don't know I
0: do suspect that when someone has an intellectual disability They also get labelled
1: I would imagine that's very true, yes So
0: he was presenting as what was deemed inappropriate problem The problem he was presenting with was not being addressed So they would turf him back to primary care. It wasn't happening in primary care so he would go back. Having also presented a week or so ago at the Disability Royal Commission, their first health hearing was presented. One thing that was presented by the person who gave their witness statement before me was just around, for example, palliative care. So Mm. this palliative care specialist was reporting on the fact that she should have seen over 200 people with intellectual disability in the 20 years that she was been working in that specialty service. And she's seen nowhere near that number of people. Goodness me. She also provided about six case studies of people who had, for example, a condition that with treatment, the person could survive that was not offered any treatment options whatsoever they were just immediately made palliative Mm. people who could have a treatment that would give them a better quality of life even if it wasn't a a significant increase in life wasn't offered Mm. people not referred to palliative care Mm. decisions made about these people as to their right to this care Mm. so I've seen it certainly, you know, when, I've, when I when had to be in hospital with Sarah, I certainly had to speak up very clearly and I had to know the system in order to go to the very top in order to prevent her being left without any supervision because she was actually too vulnerable to be left. The last admission she had, she had um, 12 seizures that took her in and I had to fight to make sure that there was someone watching her because they were going to change it to 30 minute checks. Mm. That's not sufficient for someone who can't speak properly, who is in a room full of people who've had a stroke Mm. and can't speak. Mm. And she doesn't know how to push the button or fall out. High likelihood of falling out of bed and hurting herself severely. Yes. What has concerned me with this admission, I know the experiences you've had as someone who is very knowledgeable, very astute in your capacity to speak up for yourself, but you have these other groups of people with diabetes who are going in either to the emergency departments or during hospital stays who are then being sent out. So this guy, he did get admitted on Thursday because he did have a fall they admitted him in order to investigate and treat that yeah but so he
1: wasn't admitted for his diabetes though he was admitted because of the fall that's right and in fact when um... i
0: spoke with them because i proactively contacted them to give them handover of what we've been doing so that the more people you have involved with someone like this the more nightmarish it becomes yes yeah. so we already had a lot of stuff in train around looking at improved accommodation but it won't happen straight away especially no. with NDIS now and uh, what amazed me this morning when I talked to the doctor was that they said he was fine levels were you know 7, 8 this morning and then I said oh so what was his levels yesterday afternoon knowing full well that what he was presenting with was higher levels later in the day oh that was 20 and I said oh um, are there any changes his insulin at all no it's going out on the same dosing of everything and i said but we talked about the issues bringing him into casualty all the time you're going to just send him out he's going to keep representing well that's a primary care issue like they couldn't understand how important it was to see this person as a whole person.
1: I don't understand why that would be a primary care issue. If he's why, how, how have we become so disjointed mm. that if he's representing over and over mm. why are we shifting blame? Why are we just not fixing the, yeah, the problem? exactly.
0: And I, I really argued strongly and I was congratulated on my advocacy which I have to say felt almost um, a bit patronising mm. in the way that it was done.
1: Does that sound a bit patronising?
0: Just the way it was Done, it was quite patronising mm. and they thought that I could look after him I said well I'm a diabetes nurse specialist, I only see him every now and again mm. and I said can you at least keep him in until this afternoon to and, see what and check if his are levels, are doing. levels are still yeah. high and at least try and change the dosing he hasn't got a GP at the moment because the GP he was seeing is not someone who's doing anything, the one we teed up, he was meant to see <laughs> the day he went into hospital oh, dear. how often does that happen
1: Well, unfortunately, more often than not. It actually happens quite a lot. And this is an area, again, it's really interesting in that As you say, I will advocate heavily for myself. But if I don't agree with what's going on, I then get labelled non-compliant. So there's all these labels that are used all the time. Mm. And this is not just in the disability world. No. This is also happening in dementia.
0: Absolutely. People with English as a second language, refugees, people who are a bit shy. Yes. You know, who are a bit intimidated.
1: Well, that happens so much because, you know, how have we got to the point where, like my mum and dad's age, Mm. which which are elderly, in their 80s, uh what the doctor says goes regardless of whether they agree with it or not oh well that no that's what the doctor said so they just go along with it and then more often than not they say oh I don't know that I agree with that but that's what the doctor said so that's what has to happen so we have all there's so many compounding things
0: absolutely and considering how much we know that person-centered care is necessary I think we're further away from it than we've ever been
1: I do I I absolutely agree with you because again there's this whole disjoint isn't there between what is actually going on and what the healthcare team thinks is going on.
0: And it's all around preventing ramping. Yes. Getting enough beds available for the people who need to be in there. Yes, and trying to make the system continue to move. Yes, but it's the most in a. Oh, I can't even. I don't even know the word I want to use to describe it. When you see these people who don't fit the mix of a particular acute issue, so anyone with other chronic illnesses, I would have to say.
1: But they're the, that's what the hospitals are supposed to be for. They're supposed to be for people who need it. Healthcare providers work in silos now, yes. so they'll fix. The supposed presenting problem You know, when I was in hospital for for something And I was in a ward with four people There was a person that had an infection in his toe That had diabetes And the irony of that was that when, As we know, when infections cause increasing blood glucose levels You have to get the blood glucose levels down In in order to fix the infection So again, you're in a bed where there's Or in a room where there's four people So you can't help but overhear what's going on And the doctor came in and said Well, your infection's starting to heal up how are your blood glucose levels going? And the person said, oh, well, my blood glucose at the moment is 20. And he said, oh, well, when when you're discharged later in the week, Mm -hmm. go back to your GP, he'll adjust your insulin doses. And I thought, well, that's not going to work. If you want the infection to heal, why are you not calling an endocrine consult? But the reason he didn't call an endocrine consult was because he was in the vascular ward. Mm -hmm. He was admitted for a vascular problem. He's Mm -hmm. under vascular surgeons. Mm -hmm. Why would you just not call an endocrine consult Mm -hmm. immediately and Mm -hmm. get the problem fixed no, they work in silos,
0: and so often it's assumed that everybody understands how to manage someone on insulin, and they just don't.
1: No, therapeutic inertia. Yeah, exactly. but when the person with diabetes doesn't get their blood glucose levels down, who's blamed? Mm. It's not. It's not the healthcare no, system. It's, it's the person it's with the diabetes. Person,
0: absolutely. I've argued here in South Australia and have spoken with our health minister here and said you need to be using the skills of people like me yes so there's pockets of people who have got really high level skills in my case it's intellectual disability and diabetes care yeah now I can't see this guy for much longer because his NDIS money is running out Medicare rates are that's just not Worth enough it. of the referrals. Yeah, yeah. And I have to see them for more time. I'm the person who can probably do more to manage him yes. than anybody. Yes. However, there's no funding for that sort of let's bring in a specialist into acute care where we don't have the skills for this particular individual. Yes. There would be a number of people who have got specific skill sets. Yes. So, for example, someone who speaks Greek who has got quite complex needs, have a Greek-speaking diabetes educator go in and do yes. it. match the yes. problem to the health professional. Yes. You would save a lot of money getting these people out safely.
1: Yes. Well, as I was saying to you, the new system is changing. That's what we were having a conversation earlier today. Yeah. If that person represents within a, I think it's a... Don't quote me on the numbers, but within, I think, it's a 72-hour block into the same hospital, the
0: hospital gets paid less. So the person who's had the admission... Yes. After they're discharged, if they return within 72 hours... yeah, The, the hosp- Medicare funding... Per be- bed per day yes. if that previous admission
1: drops. Oh, not the previous admission, the new admission. If they're readmitted oh, for the right. same thing. Yeah. Because the funding has all changed. <laughs> Which the means funding.
0: the danger is they won't lose the funding, they just won't admit the person.
1: Correct. But they they have to if there's a if there's a significant problem.
0: Well you'd think so, but I don't think they do. Yeah. You know, they don't seem to look at the whole issue as to why someone's presenting. I mean they do if it's in their best interest to do so. Yeah.
1: Or if there's a complication from I no, if there's a complication I think they still because they're not they can't foresee that complication mm. um, was to occur.
0: Well, I mean there are a few things that We think will will help in this space in the future. Yes, correct. So you've been, as have I, involved in the National Diabetes Nursing Education Framework.
1: Yeah, so that's about um trying to um, give some scope and framework around educating nurses in hospitals about diabetes. And you know, there's obviously different levels. Um, I
0: think it sets the minimum standard of what, for example. registered nurse should know. Correct. Yes. Then it goes up in two other levels I think. Yeah. Up to what a clinical specialist in diabetes should know as a
1: nurse. Yes. So, you know, they'll have some understanding of what an insulin pump does and how it runs and, and why we really um, see that as the gold standard for people with type 1 diabetes yeah. and what a CGM is, continuous glucose monitoring, and, and how that looks like and yeah. um, how that feeds back. And why, when people with type 1 are fasting, because this is a real bone of contention, that we don't remove insulin pump therapy of someone with type 1 because, believe it or not, we actually still need our insulin pumps yeah when we're fasting exactly even when we're going to surgery
0: so this is something that is being done as a project with ada the australian diabetes educators association with funding from the national diabetes services scheme yes it's had a lot of input i've been on the advisory group that has been creating the resource and um
1: on there as a consumer yeah and to Uh, feedback if it's appropriate at that level
0: that i think is all being released around about may it's got good buy-in from the other nursing organizations as well that will also set what a student should come out of nursing school yes knowing yes Which is going to be interesting. The
1: content of that is very in depth, and I don't believe that that any healthcare professional comes out with that level of knowledge of diabetes. Well, my
0: youngest daughter started nursing this week at one of the universities. Not unpredictably, diabetes is a case study that has been included early on, and in fact, about ketoacidosis. Right, very interesting. Ah, yeah, using wrong language. Right. Item came up. Uh, type 1 diabetic was written up, uh, older insulins. Protophone? And... Protophone. proto No, no, right. no, not that old. <laughs> oh, really? Not Muratav?
1: <laughs> Not managed any. Well,
0: not yet. All <laughs> oh, right, I am going to get in contact with them and just explain that yeah, they need to have a little update. It's
1: really interesting because I got a um, referral from a, a, um, a GP this actually this week, and on the referral it actually had Idem, and I thought, yeah, uh, I, I get I that all the time. I don't know what type of diabetes I'm actually. Dealing with oh. here, I don't know whether I should be doing sick day management with ketone monitoring, without yeah. ketone monitoring, and I still don't know.
0: I've seen people still change in this day and age a person from NIDM to IDM, Yeah,
1: when they've gone on to insulin. So for, so, for I'm assuming that people would know, but IDM stands for insulin dependent diabetes mellitus, and NIDM is non insulin dependent diabetes mellitus. But they were really like those terms should have been. How it's, old are those terms oh, do look, you reckon now? I reckon. Yeah. Oh, no, I was going to say closer to 20, 25 yeah, years. I know
0: it's a long
1: time. So we should be using um, type 1 diabetes and type 2 diabetes. And when someone that has type 2 uh, requires insulin for their health management, they're given the diagnosis of type 2 insulin requiring, just mm. so that we can distinguish... Um, the difference between someone that has type one needing insulin, type two, just mm. for things like ketone monitoring and sick day management mainly.
0: So are still teaching yes. the wrong terms? Yeah, 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 yeah. What oh, chance yeah, yeah. students got? Yeah, I think, now I might add the poor girl. I walked in with an armful of books. Yes. So excited to be passing my diabetes wisdom on.
1: And she just got completely confused, no doubt.
0: And so Trisha Dunnings, Nursing oh, yes. Care 101. Edition three, <laughs> is now sitting proudly on her desk.
1: She'll be able to teach the course by the oh, end of she's reading that book. I have high
0: hopes for that girl that she <laughs> won't make the mistakes that her lecturers are trying to teach
1: her. Oh dear. <laughs> I'd love to know who's actually uh, teaching that course. Ah, uh,
0: well, I'm. You know, I, I might be able to find out. I reckon, mm. and just. You know, send in a few. I'm sure they'll be so happy to hear what well, <laughs> my well, daughter's doing the course.
1: <laughs> we, were, we might be labelled non-compliant because we don't uh, <laughs> oh. teach the idims and the nidims. Well, I
0: think a pain and the whatever <laughs> we call called. But the other work that is going to help, I think, in this um, acute, acute primary care space is the diabetes and disability work that's been done also by ADA with SS money. And that's going to have a whole heap of resources. Of, Excellent. Um, all sorts of things. All sorts of things. Being released you 've your resources, Joe. Uh, Well I was on the advisory board to start with and then I had to step down because I was required to do some of the creation of the resources so I'm so excited because the feedback from consumers on these have been great so there is going to be five short videos Yep. there's also some written handouts but there's also a process that support workers can use to work with the person with diabetes and intellectual disability in planning to go to the doctor and what they want to ask them, how they're going to be involved with that. And also another resource, how they can follow up on the information and advice that's been given to them. While they're designed, I guess, for a GP, they're not really just for the GP. GP, therefore any health professional. Yeah. And I think that kind of thing is going to start getting people who maybe aren't quite as confident, more confident before they go. You could use it before going to emergency as well. Yeah. And if it works with people with intellectual disability, it's also going to work with people who have English as a second language.
1: Or dementia, again. Or Or pretty much anyone. Yeah. Yeah. You want to build up the
0: skills in this area. It's actually taking a process. And I think too... People should be, I guess, listening out for information about the Disability Royal Commission. Yep. That has a pretty broad reporting capacity, and people can also send in their own submissions. So if you put in your search engine Disability Royal Commission, I've done presented one at the hearing. But you can also write, I, I am going to write one around diabetes yep. that I'm going to send in as well. Everything is read and processed and considered by the Royal Commission. It's a bit like the,
1: the Aged Commission because yeah, that's much. one
0: that's happening as well. And this is a really good chance for people to give suggestions of things that they've found works yep. in this space to improve the health outcomes of people with intellectual disability you know just have a look on the website it's an easy to navigate website but also if you can the health hearing was held in sydney over two weeks might be two weeks ago now you can also watch some of the recordings Mm. there's also transcripts Hmm. If you have an interest in that area, please do go and have a look and consider sending in any of your concerns but also any recommendations for how to improve. We're so lucky to live in a country that is a democracy. When things go wrong, to be able to explore things to that depth provides many lessons for us all Yes. how to do things better. Yeah. So that's it for us this week, I reckon, Kimberly, I reckon. I reckon I just think...
1: to ease us back into the yeah. land of
0: podcasts. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was glad I found the program. I wasn't sure where it was. Got the microphone back up and racing. And I think. Remembered who we were. Yeah, we just don't know who's P1 and P2 still. That's okay. We never will. No, that's alright. We never will. We could spend all year exploring that. We could. PhD time. No. I really don't
1: think that that's a good
0: idea. You can find the P2 chat episodes on Wooshka, iTunes podcasts, and also Spotify. Why not listen on your commute to work when you're exercising, when you've got a few moments in a busy day? Yeah, well, there's, the commute to work would be great
1: because oh, I was getting a little bit frustrated today. Were you? Oh. Yeah. See, no podcast to listen to, sitting in my commute to work thinking, what am I going to do? Now I've got something to do. So oh, I've got to edit this <laughs>
0: <laughs> while you sit in your car listening something yeah please subscribe and rate and review we did record some extra things for the end of last year we're going to edit those and and put those out there soon as well and hopefully we can get ourselves back into a bit of a routine
1: and if anyone's got any suggestions of what they'd like to hear please uh, email those through to
0: jane with a y -Y j-a-y-n-e at dot. But for now, it's goodbye from me,
1: Jane Lehman. And goodbye from me, Kiralee Chambers. Chat Chat soon. soon.